This episode of this Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey is brought to you by Energy Healer Jean Borders' Personal Powerful Transformation Program. Know you're leaving money on the table, but can't figure out how to bring it in? Need to double your productivity and profitability? Need an extra push to get things moving in the right direction? Visit www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com slash transformation now and apply for a business consultation with Jean. Welcome to the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Prepare to feel a sense of relief and empowerment as we get rid of the baggage you've been carrying that's held up your business success up until now. Be sure to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, lean in, get comfortable, and prepare to take off. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Jean Border, with the Focus Practical Dreamer's Journey podcast. Want to welcome you back again, and I have another special guest for you. This is Susan Genjulio, and I don't know why I have a hard time with that because I lived in Italy for four and a half years. I should be able to say the word, but when you go away from a culture for a while, you kind of lose the accent and the lingo, and what was more natural now becomes something you have to think about. So, welcome, Susan. Nice to see you. Thank you. Likewise. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Susan is another energy healer. She works with various modalities that we've mentioned on previous podcasts, actually. One is the emotion code, one is the body code, and then one I'm not really familiar with called the lifeline technique. Um, What's really interesting to me is that Susan um, is has a little bit of a connection with my past because she has a connection with the military, as do I. Susan was, is, was a military spouse for years, traveling the world. I was a civilian with the Department of Defense for 36 years, traveling the world. So that's a very interesting background to share. In addition, we share this energy healing world, which... um again, is becoming more and more known and utilized in much more efficient ways. What I would like to start off with, Susan, if it's okay, is that you have published a book, and I find it very interesting. Can you talk about that a little bit? Thank you. This book is called This Energy Healing Stuff is for Real, and... It's exactly that. I started reading, uh, writing about it because I realized there's so many people that are on the fence like I was. And the history to writing this book is I went to a birthday party of a teenager, didn't know anybody except the hostess for her son. And I walk into the kitchen and this one lady starts waving at me and she goes, hi, hi, hi. Didn't know her. We started talking. We had so much in common, same hometown, lived in California, lived in New York. We're now living in Florida. And it just went on and on and on. And she herself is a published author and an artist and a stand-up comedian. So um, 
when she said, tell me what you do, I was telling her and she goes, write a book, write a book. That was on a Saturday. By Sunday, I contacted a neighbor who is a junior high teacher to help me with making an outline. I mean, I know how to make an outline. I have a master's, but I still, like you, need a refreshment on whatever. And by Wednesday, I met with her editor, my, the, my friend's editor that I met at the party. And we decided to meet two weeks later. And by then, half the book was written. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And the challenges I had were, one, she kept on saying, you can't write that, you can't write that. I said, but this is my life. She goes, yeah, but it's, you've had an amazing life. Not everyone can relate to it. And you want to make it relatable. But she also has Parkinson's. So that was the challenge to getting it completed. My book could have been done, edited and totally written in six months. I mean, that's how fast it went. That's how much this brain wanted to share. But it took about a year and a half before it was ready to be printed. But I'm very pleased with it, and I've been getting a lot of compliments about it. It's easy to read. It's written for the layperson. Um, my niece, who um, lived with me for a while, she's in her early 20s now, and she said, Auntie Susan, the chapters are independent. Well, I didn't know that, but yeah, the chapters are independent, which I think makes it easy reading. And um, yeah, I like to say, but I've also been told don't say it. But yes, for people who say, I don't have time, Put it where your toilet is. And when you're, you know, communing with the toilet, pick up and read like four <laughs> or five pages, you know, and you gain something. I mean, it's it's gross, but it's true. It's it's easy reading and it's succinct. And there's some funny parts and there's some sad parts because about why what people think about energy healing and their limiting beliefs. So what is the whole premise of the book? What is it about? Why would I read that book? To learn about energy healing. And why do I care about energy healing? Uh, What can it do for me? (laughs) What can it do for me? If going to doctors doesn't always help, you know, they they will tell you take this drug. I've been through this myself, which is one reason I also wrote it. And also one of the reasons I got on my journey is you go to the doctor. They give... They will give you a drug straight away. I was about to say the military will just hand you a Motrin 800. That's their <laughs> remedy for everything. See, you can relate. Yes. My dad it was Air Force. Always... He was a guinea pig. I mean, he any any and he traveled the world. He was in flying status for his whole career. So everywhere he went, he had to get a whole regiment of shots, right? Because you never, you know, whatever's the the hot disease, whatever, going on in a country, he had to be inoculated against it, right? So his immune system was very interesting. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Didn't That's mean okay. Have- so I just, I, I've been on this healing journey for a while, and I thought, let me just write my experience, because I came from a family that believed in doctors. Me too. And they did not believe in chiropractors. I remember I snuck out with a boyfriend, went to another city to see a chiropractor, and my parents got wind of it, and I got reprimanded. Oh, my gosh. Because 
Yeah, a lot of my physical issues commenced in utero, I discovered, by doing the work I do. And um, I will just say, this body has a curved spine. And I needed something to help me with it. Ultimately, yes, I had surgery. It was brutal surgery. But I'm grateful I had it. But now, what, 30 years later, I'm seeing the consequences of having this curved spine. It was either that or be a total hunchback type of person. So um, I write about my experiences on this journey. I write about how modern medicine came around. And it's an eye-opener when I was doing my research. I have a brother who's a retired medical doctor. He was rated the best specialist in his town for five years running. And then I do energy healing work. We won't go there. Um, Yeah, so I write about the energy healing, why it's been around for millenniums, and the history of modern medicine, and examples of why this energy healing works. Because we're we're spiritual beings from above. And as such, we are pure love. Anything that's incongruent that causes the energy flow within us to get stuck creates a symptom. And people just say, oh, that's just part of living. That's, that's just part of getting old. No, it's not. Newsflash. So I share a lot of examples how people's issues either disappeared completely or lessened just by releasing the trapped emotions. And then I also, I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay. Um, At the very end, I show how you muscle test. So I have a chapter devoted just to muscle testing with photographs and I think very, very clear descriptions of how to muscle test. And that to me is like the bonus of doing energy work is muscle testing. Do you use it for anything besides energy healing? Yes. Would you care? It's interesting because I, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I studied under various doctors and and they all muscle test for what they do. And one of them said, nope, you can only do it for your body. That's it. The other one said, use it for whatever. So I think I write about this in the book. I can't remember. The last of our uncles died, and my sister was the tangible asset. Um, what do you call it when you when you executor? take care of her? The executor. Pardon? Thank you. She was the tangible executor, uh, tangible asset executor, and then I became her assistant. So we flew up to Chicago, and he, bless his heart, his instructions were so clear. We didn't have to do much worrying about what to do with various items. And he had amazing taste in furniture. Actually, my aunt had amazing taste in furniture. So what we did, my sister and I, she's my twin, by the way, we just went and called dibs to the various pieces of furniture. And then we decided which pieces of furniture should go to auction. He told us where everything is, who things should get auctioned to, and where things should be donated to. And then we did the donation pile. But then it got to the nitty-gritty. 
where we were hedging, yes, no, yes, no. So I muscle tested. And I have no regrets. And she muscle tested. She has no regrets. Then we had to come up with a moving company to get the items from Chicago. And at that time, she was living in Ohio and then me in Florida. So she found various moving companies. Okay, audience, listen to this. You might want to do this. Read my book, How to Muscle Test. So what she did is she got these names. We put it on little teeny tiny pieces of paper, folded them up. And then she held them, and then I would muscle test her. And it was either yes or no. And we did it three times as a CYA to make sure. And the last two kept on being the last two, but there was not one definitive one. So she went back to the drawing board. So I don't remember the details because that was not my part of the job. But let's just say there was a company, A moving company, double A moving company, triple A moving company. So we went back to those because those were the two kind of companies, those kind of names. We added the other one, another A, like triple A, quadruple, whatever. And that last one was the one that we used. Nothing was nicked. Nothing was damaged. The guy was great. It was delivered in a timely manner. By the time we got, I got my stuff in Florida, he actually said, keep the blankets. I don't need them anymore. Oh, my gosh. We muscle tested. I muscle test for all medicines, for all vitamins. Yeah, I will take the prescription because I'm not about to argue with the doctor. And then I'll get it, and then I'll either muscle test, or I might just muscle test the prescription um, sheet. But vitamins, yes, absolutely, because I'm sure you know this, Gene. People will say, oh, such and such vitamin is so good to you. You need to have it. Well, guess what? It might not work for your body. Or it might be good for you, but your body can't digest it or metabolize it at this moment. And maybe in a week or so, it can metabolize it. But in the meantime, you're feeding the toilet. So I write about all that stuff, as well as people who, example, when I was in training, I was working on everybody for, um, okay, the other modality is the lifeline technique. So I was working on as many people as I could for my training. And I worked on somebody and as a practitioner or an almost practitioner neophyte, I thought, well, this was a very powerful session. How do you feel? Do you feel differently after this? And the person's response was, no, no. And my Weight Watchers mentor said, you know, I, I can't help you because you're not willing to lose weight. Because this person told their Weight Watchers person, the mentor, they're not willing to do the work. So I just knew that this particular person was close-minded. When we finished, she goes, but work on my dog. It keeps on barking when the mailman is in the neighborhood, not in front of the house, but the whole neighborhood. So I worked with the dog. And it was perfect. She even noticed that the dog doesn't bark, except when the mailman's at the front door. Yet she is not willing to work on herself. We have blind spots. We have beliefs that we've carried with us forever that get in the way of our progress. That makes no sense, but it's it's how the body works for whatever reason. I met someone who called it the web of belief. 
Oh, that's nice. Because you meet people, they have their own belief system. Then you incorporate that into your belief system. So you're not working on just your belief system. And where do we get our beliefs? We're taught our beliefs. But our beliefs may not be true. A belief is just a thought. And thoughts can be changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So give me another example out of your book. That was really interesting. (laughs) I start the book. um, One of them. Okay, so before I decided to do this as a business, there used to be um, a company that would have metaphysical fairs a mile away. So one day I went there and I was like in a grumpy mood and I paid my $10 and I walked around the room and I was not about to spend another $10 on anybody. I just wanted to see what this was about. But as I walked in, I noticed a lady who was like tucked behind the door. I kid you not. She had such a teeny tiny space. And then as I was leaving, I saw her again. I thought, let's just sit down. So I sat down. I was like knee to knee with this lady. That's how tiny her space was. And she used her voice. I didn't know why I was there. I just, something said, sit. She used her voice and she um, counted down ages. And when she got to birth, I said, oh, I'm not feeling very well. She goes, okay. Then she goes, nine, eight, seven for in, in utero. And I go, I think I'm going to puke. She goes, good. And I'm thinking to myself, what? Do you not puke and you're you're happy? So she goes, this is where we need to be. And then she starts using her voice. And then she goes, okay. And then she counted back up to my current age. When we were done, Jean, I kid you not, I sat up straighter and I felt lighter. Thankfully, my mom was still alive. And I called her right away and I said, what happened when you were seven months pregnant with my sister and I? And she proceeded to tell us what happened. Um, And I don't mind sharing because I'm sure everyone can sort of relate to this at one kind or another. She already had a two-year-old in diapers. Her family was, back then, a full day's drive away. So it was just her and my dad and the friends that they had developed. My dad, as a professor of architecture, designed and built our house. And the house concrete had already been poured. Before we were born, the house was going to be too small. And then my mom, being the great wife, especially during that era, decided to just do it all herself. She decided my dad should be with the house, not with her when she's giving birth. Isn't it interesting how times have changed? Yes. And um, so she was just this stoic person. But she took in a lot of stuff. And I picked up that stuff. And I believe it was that point. I mean, this healer, this voice healer helped a lot. But I think the starting point of my physical challenges started in utero. But anyways, I mean, to me, that was like a miracle. Who knew that babies could carry all this? So now fast forward. I'm in practice. 
and meet these new people in our neighborhood. And we have a neighborhood Halloween party. Not me, but the community has a Halloween party. And I meet um, the family again. So there's a grandmother who's younger than me, the daughter who's pregnant with her second child, the daughter's husband, and their, like, four-year-old kid. And the grandmother says to me, oh, my grandbaby's going to be born the first week of December. And I go, no, Thanksgiving week baby. Like we breathe. It just... That was Halloween. Then in the middle of November, the grandmother calls me and she said, the baby's gone breach. And the grandmother was a nurse and she knew the challenges that were possible. So I said, okay. And a few emotions later, I called the mother and the grandmother and they said, okay. And then I just continued working just here and there. And then I started talking to the baby. And and when you muscle test, it's yes or no answers. So I would ask questions like, is it your intent to be born breech? No. Are you absorbing your mom's emotions? Yes. Because, oh, by the way, they were renting a house from a guy who should be strung up and quartered. And this family moved from another state here to start a fresh life. So their new landlord was being a butthead, right? So they were really frustrated. So I continued asking these questions. And then I could come up, oh, wait. Once I asked all my questions and there were no more emotions, I kept on seeing, let me see if I remember correctly now, I think 27, 27, 27, 27. I think that was the number. I'd close my eyes. I would see it. I would just see 27, 27, 27. So I called the mother and the grandmother and I said, reputation's being put on the line, but I think that baby's going to be born on the 27th of November. The baby was born um, at 5 a.m. on the 27th. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) And then when they brought the baby home, I went over and I held the baby. And newborns do not open their eyes, but rarely. As long as I held that baby, her eyes were open. That gave us all goosebumps because I knew The mother knew and the grandmother knew what that meant. She knew who I was energetically. Mm -hmm. That's a miracle. But these are gifts that energy healers, I believe, develop over time. Some of us were born being energy healers and not knowing it. And some of us had to develop it. I think I'm like right in the middle. (laughs) I think I always, always had it. Yeah, I would say I always had it, but didn't couldn't identify with it, so I pushed it aside. And even my twin, I think I'd write about this in the book. Um, and she doesn't do what I do, but I, she went through the emotion code training. I made sure she did that. My mom was in a facility because she had a brain frying stroke. And it was at Christmas time, so my husband and I had left, and my sister was putting away the Christmas decorations. And it was around 10 o'clock at night, and she heard a voice say, go. Barbara goes, okay, fine. In a minute. She goes, another voice, a little bit louder, go. And shortly thereafter, go. 
And Barbara goes, okay, okay, I get it. So she runs upstairs, changes her clothes, and goes. And, like, it's 10 o'clock at night in the middle of winter. She gets to the facility, and there is my mom half out of the bed oh with panic gosh. in her face. And my mom was nonverbal. Oh, my gosh. That's a miracle, though. Yes. Oh, which got me to think, why did I write this book? Because one must, 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 must have gratitude for everything. I write about with my mom's situation, it was pretty awful. But I found gratitude in the slightest little things. And that helped me get through it. I was a newlywed, like a month and a half, in a new town here. And I was going to turn left, and we live off of a highway, go left to go to base to meet my predecessor when I volunteered for the Red Cross on base. And I didn't see this great truck who was way down the street. Anyways, the the short story is um, it was a near head-on collision. My car spun and he flipped. It was pretty nasty. So I was taken to the hospital. And um, we were also having our yard, um, having an irrigation system put in. And the irrigation guy comes to the door and he goes, Mrs. G, what's wrong? You don't look right. And I told him the story. He goes, oh, my gosh, my men were a block away. They heard it. They saw someone. They thought they were dead. They're going to think they're seeing a ghost by looking at you. Anyways, this guy lived an hour and a half away. Now, my husband's not around. He drove in the rain an hour and a half to take me to where my car was towed so I could pick up my belongings. By the grace of God, I saw the insurance adjuster. He was surprised I was walking, bruised, but walking. He said, your car saved your life. I handle 250 accidents a month in this location alone. And he said, most of them, they're severely injured or they're dead. So that got me thinking. Oh, and it was the irrigation guy. He goes, how long is your gratuity list? I go, huh? He said, gratuity. Do you have gratitude for anything? That was an eye-opener. That was an eye-opener. From that point on, I started having gratuity lists. Even in my head. I've never heard that term before, you know, related to the gratitude journal. A lot of times I'll have my clients do gratitude journals. If they can't figure out how to focus, we start there. It is so important. For me, it helps me get through the yuckies of life. Find the blessings. There were so many blessings in this accident with my mom and her care and how she was cared for. Even when my sister found her so late at night, we changed things there at the facility just by that experience. The gratitude. The gratitude of, oh, I might be rambling on and on, but here's another one I write about. I think it was in the book at my mom's memorial in Chicago because we she died in Michigan, but she was buried in Chicago. We planned everything, but we forgot flowers for the for the gravesite. Some Chicago relatives come with a huge bouquet of flowers and all those flower covers or flower colors were the same as my mom's ash box. Cause I got something that looked like pressed flowers on it. Just 
nice. It was like coincidental, but I'm so grateful that they brought flowers. To this day, I remind them I'm so grateful because it was so touching. We were burying my mom, but I was grateful that these people bought flowers. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So gratitude. And my sister read the book. She goes, yeah, it's a nice book. But, you know, like every other page, I say gratitude. I said, that's the whole point. (laughs) Yeah. um, There's a lot of power when you shift your focus from what's wrong in your life to what's right. You go from being negative, the world's out to get me, to eventually, I have a place here. Yes. And it can take you a while to get there. But for people who are really in a not great place, that's a very easy thing to start with. Even if you don't know, can't think of one thing you're grateful for, you can always be grateful that you opened your eyes that morning. Or you can be grateful that I just took a deep breath. And I didn't have pain. Precisely. Precisely. I could be grateful the wind is moving the tree outside my window. It can start that basic. And then you move into, these people brought flowers for my mom. I was so overwhelmed with all the other decisions, all the other details that had to be addressed. I forgot the pretty flowers for my mom. And somebody took care of that for me. That's a big deal. Yeah. But it's it's point of view and perspective and noticing, becoming aware. When I work with clients, that's one of the things I say. First step is awareness. Second step, exactly. second step is focus. Get clear on where you are and where you want to be. And the third step is take action to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Exactly. And this energy healing stuff is for real because as we shift how we think, we are shifting the energy. We are raising our vibration. Yes. And emotions have frequencies. I've also written a book about, you know, what can energy healing do for me, right? Which is something that you give to people who don't have a clue what it is, right? And so you tell a few stories, but one of the ways I explain Frequency is the whole radio, right? You're listening to the radio, you go around a big hill or something, and you were singing along with your favorite song, and all of a sudden, there's static on the radio, right? And eventually, you get around that hill, and your song is back. Well, you're born with a perfect vibration for you, but these imbalances that you pick up along the way, these things that happen that you don't quite get over, maybe, even if you think you have, Inside, you're still holding on to part of it. With As energy workers, light workers, some people call us, as we clear out those things that have been holding you back, just allow you to release that stuff, you get your perfect, clear sound back. And so your music, your vibration, your frequency is now the way it was created to be for you. We're all different. We're all unique. So you have your own perfect sound. And that's our goal, is to get you back to your perfect self. And carrying on that, also in my book, I write about words are powerful, and they all have vibration. And you have to be very careful of the words that you use. And I just had a recent experience, because my niece is now 
a deputy um, in the local county here, and she's the new SRO, school resource officer. And she came over and she was giving me her spiel, you know, she should have a parent that's like pretty uppity. And she goes, yeah, I know you're frustrated, but we'll work together. And I go, time out. Let's shift. Let's change the word but to so. I know you're having problems, so let's work together. And the look on her face was the light bulb went on. And then she continued her spiel and she she caught herself. And she would get rid of the word but and use so. Because even when I made that suggestion, my whole body went from to the ha. Shift of words, the vibration, and why you have to be careful when you talk to kids. Two words that I'm always pinging my clients on. Always, never. I always do this. I never do that. Well, those are absolutes. You're taking away any possibility of any opportunity opening up for change. Anytime you use the word always or never, there's a belief system behind it. Good point. Good so point. let's go deeper under there and see what what judgments you've made that we can let go or that we can start to question, right? And another one is I don't want. Mm. Don't want. Mm-mm. Get that out. And also try. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, try means, yeah, it's a possibility, but not for me. <laughs> No, no. I use the example, you know, you have a party, you invite everybody, and some of the people go, yeah, I'm going to try and come. Sounds good. I want to be there. I'm going to try and come. Martin is not coming. They're not coming. Yeah. It's good for somebody else, but not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I just love this work. We learn so much. Yeah. About human nature and ourselves. Yeah. And intuition plays a big part with very skilled healers. And it's also something that grows over time because once you begin to trust it, it opens up more for you. When I, I work a lot with new healers, I'm like as a mentor type deal. Um, and at first I'm like, just stick with the technique, follow the technique, right? Just whatever technique you're learning, that's what you follow with. Get the basics down. However, once the basics are down and your subconscious gets all this internal proof that it's working, now it seems to work more easily and you don't think about it so much and it comes to you faster. And maybe you have the answers before you even muscle test if you're using muscle test. Exactly. And if you're using tapping or EFT, the words just come to you with a client and you don't have to think about what should I say? What should I have them say? It just comes to you because you open up the knowing and allow that to be okay. And it just grows and your work becomes deeper and faster and more expansive. It's just an amazing thing, but you don't start out that way. You start out not trusting, but the more proof you find, the easier it is to say, well, I guess I, I do have a skill. I do have a gift. You know, and now I guess I need to actually utilize it, right? To make a difference yes. in this world. I know I'm smiling because <laughs> I was someone I know who knows the emotion code said, Can you work on me with this? I'm not getting anywhere. I go, sure. And they have a big problem. 
But, you know, because I muscle test differently pretty much than how we were taught. Because a lot of people were taught to go like the ring. I just start clicking my fingers. I was done in five minutes. And they go, wait, 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 you just started. I go, yes, I know. I'm very quick at what I do. And if something doesn't seem right, I just say, okay, operator error, and then go over again. But I do it fast. I trust. And sometimes, and I know you've probably been through this because you do the emotion code. I'm working yesterday. Okay, I worked with a client yesterday, and we did the emotion code. And I'm, like, talking to myself. And basically, why do I talk to myself? Because I just, I know what the emotion is going to be before I even get to it, to muscle test for sure. Because we've been doing it and we trust. You've got to trust. My sessions with, with if I'm just using, my sessions are typically half an hour. Now, there are exceptions to that, There's especially some people who have other issues. But in general, my sessions, when you book a session, it's a half an hour. At the beginning, we go over what you notice, you know, since the last time we met. What would you like to work on today? We probably have some carryovers from last session that you'd like addressed. We do some work. And at the end, I'm like, okay, so do you have any questions for me? Right? So there's probably 10 minutes of chit chat. Now, some clients are real direct and they go really fast. But that leaves like 20 minutes of work. And I've had some clients who think my session should be at least an hour, an hour and a half. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. You know, I work so quickly and they don't understand. But the more you do it, the more you zero in very quickly on, is this really the issue or is this a distraction? Because that shows up sometimes, right? People are used to working with all the distractions to get to the cause. No, let's just go figure out what the heck is going on with you. Why do you feel so anxious? What the heck do we need to get rid of to get your radio turned back on the right frequency, right? So I, I see a lot of younger healers who book hour and a half, two hour sessions. I'm like, how can the client even, you know, stay present for two hours? But it's part of their journey. Mine are, mine are closer to an hour, but there are times that with certain clients, certain clients, because I've had a couple in particular that have been with me a while because their issues were so, yes, so gut-wrenching intense. Um, they could be a little longer, but sometimes I am done in 10 minutes. Yeah, with animals in particular, um, they're much shorter sessions because there's not all this, you know, chit-chat and all this other stuff. The you average, just work with the animals and you go right into it and, you know, they're just happy. <laughs> the average, the I have to say the average because I have worked with animals where one was a rescue. It was a horrific case. Yeah, I, so many emotions. We ended up having to go to an animal a, a communicator to help him heal. And then another time I worked with someone's rescue dogs, two of them. They asked me to work on them. And these are the person who asked me as a total non-believer in what I do. And after about 20 emotions with this one dog, I stopped. Because it's like, wait, 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 something's not right here. So I was in the car on a trip. And when I got back, I contacted one of the doctors I was studying under. And I said, this is what happened. And I believe it's coming from the owner's dysfunction. And they said, yes. So now if there's more than even like 10 emotions, we're just given a number 
it's the owners, unless it's a rescue dog from a horrific situation. But you're right. I love working on animals. Yeah, there's They're you easy. always have almost always have to address the the connection between the owner and the animal because the animal takes on the owner's stuff. So yeah. the owner doesn't have to suffer through it, you know, and that's not good for the animal, you know, for the pet. No. So no. so yeah, there's all kinds of nuances to this this energy work world, light work world, whatever you want to call it, right? This mindset reset for the humans, which doesn't really apply to animals because it's not a mindset, you know? They just live in the moment and some kind I just, of get messed up by their history. And you know, there's some people that say, oh, I only want to do this healing modality. Okay, fine. But go to different modalities. Because I've done trades with people who do different modalities. And sure enough, I can help them more than they can help themselves. Of course, we are our worst clients. Almost always. <laughs> Almost so always. it always helps to go outside. So that's one reason. The other reason is that modalities have like a little, what would you say, a different purpose or a different niche? They fit different circumstances. Um, They're all good. Yes. They all serve a very necessary purpose. I'm I'm friends with multiple healers with all kinds of modalities. One One of the healers that I work with a lot, she's actually what was one of my podcast guests she's in ireland we've never met except on the internet um but she uses so many different types of modalities you know and she's proficient at all of them and certified in quite a few i'm certified in quite a few the ones i use the most though are body code and emotion code because they're so targeted yes yes It's such an elegant system where it's either a yes or a no. You're either on the right track or you're being diverted, right? The diverted, anything where you're being diverted, that's a distraction. Okay, so what do I have to release first to get to where I want to go, right? Such a layered process. Do you go after the ages? Only if I need to know more about it. Because yeah, that just slows me down. And I do have some clients who want to know all the particulars, right? So I try not to give too much because then they focus on it. And then they try to bring those emotions back that they knew were there. So they recreate new ones based on, well, I knew I had the old ones. So I, I try oh. to give as little information as they need to be happy with the results. Because mine tend to want to know the ages because... What I do, again, I muscle test, find the emotion. Do I need to know more? And if it's yes, I find the age. And then I, after a while, two emotions maybe, if there's more of the same, I'll ask if it's a reverberation. But I do the ages because you find that there is a pattern. And I don't do the discussing of anything. I don't want to know anything. I just want to know a hint of what I'm working on to help them, to guide them. And at the end, I'll say, okay, here's a pattern. What happened in this time frame? And then they'll go, oh, or they'll go, I don't know. Yeah. But something happened. And then it'll help them heal because they realize how it is affecting them now. Yes. The only times I mention it is when I feel led to mention it. Mm. Okay. I have some long-term clients, but 
different people are comfortable with different amounts of information, right? But once right. in a while, it's like age three, age five, age eight, age three, age five, age three, age eight. It's, you know, it's very obvious. They've had something at those ages that created a belief and proof that is of something, whatever judgment they made at those young ages, when they didn't have a good understanding of the world, they probably didn't have a great understanding of language, right? So they made interpretations and internal judgments about what something meant. And that those events, traumas, maybe just events they didn't understand and held on to to make sense of, they're still impacting their world today, right? And so many times they say, yeah, that's when my dad did this, or that's when my mom did that, or that's when this happened, right? And they held on to it. And chances are they just didn't understand what was going on. Right. So it made them feel so uncomfortable that, that that was like shaking inside their body, like reverberating was what you were saying, right? So that emotional conflict was held in their body. We call it an imbalance. It's an easier way to say it. Um, but that shaking messes up your radio, right? And you can't hear it so well if somebody's shaking your radio. It just sounds funny. So we allow that shaking to release and the sound is pure again. And it makes a difference in their world. But I only give them the ages if I feel led to. And that goes back to trusting your intuition, right? Yep. And um, you had asked me at one time, I think, about the lifeline technique when we were talking. Yeah, what is that? I'm not familiar with that. Just in general. What is that? What is the premise of that? What does it do? It's a healing modality from Dr. Darren Weissman, and he takes all these healing modalities and combines them into one. Oh, it's like six. It's like sixteen steps. Oh, wow. And the big difference that he also uses emotional charts, but he also works with the elements. And I would say one of the biggest differences is that the client, you help the client create their own intention. I am blank, feeling blank, as if you were already there. Hmm. Cool. And it sounds like so creating they, a, f- a future. Yes, how they would rather be. And it shows that, yes, you do have the power to shift. And it puts, it makes them empowered. Yes. And then, then at the end, what I do is I muscle test how many it's how many times is it in their best interest to repeat that intention and for how many days so that it becomes a part of who they are. Cool. And then we also find if there's a core limiting belief, and usually there is, and if necessary, what's the original occurrence? So it could be in this lifetime. It could be for those who believe in past lives, or it could be generational. Very interesting. Cool. Oh, and then then infinite love and gratitude, you take the American sign language, mudra, I love you, and you say infinite love and gratitude all the time, and that's part of the healing modality. Oh, wow. So, cool. Yeah. But I do like the emotion code because, like you said, it just zeroes in. I do teach a lot of my clients tapping or EFT, mm-hmm. emotional freedom technique. Because that way, even if I'm not around and they get anxious, 
all they have to do is, you know, hit themselves a few times with their fingers, right? And they can reduce their anxiety level. <clears throat> they can start working through some of their issues on their own. We do tapping um, sequences together so that they get comfortable with that. Um, it's it's very powerful, but for me, it's most powerful if you're working with a master EFT practitioner. Um, Does the words flow out of their mouths and they know exactly what to say, like you had mentioned? Because before. they've grown their intuition and they they have done it a lot. They have all the experience, so they have the background, but their intuition is wide open, right? So they know what, it just comes to them, what words you need to use. You know, we mentioned the word intuition a couple of times, and to me that is so vital to develop. It helps you in everyday life. It's like my sister and my mom. She followed this intuition, this voice. What if she hadn't? What if she didn't hear? What if she didn't think it's necessary? You know? Even in social situations, sometimes you just get this weird feeling about somebody. Yes. But you shut it down and say, oh, yes. I'm just not, what is, you know, I'm just imagining that. Well, no, something's kicking in telling you there's cause for concern here. Yes. So you learn to pay attention to these things. And do you also find that the more you... um get in tune with intuition and the more work that you do, the higher your vibration. And you find that the people you used to hang out with kind of just fade away. You people have a tendency to go where they feel most comfortable. And so sometimes, and this happens with my clients. Well, I'm supposed to go to this, but I don't know if I really want to go. I'm like, well, nothing said. Nobody says you have to. It is part of life to grow and to move in another direction. But what do I, you know, this is business related. So what do I tell them? You know, they've asked me X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, tell them right now um, your business is moving in another direction. Or go and just, you know, put a shield around you. I remember in a social event, uh, someone sat next to me who I know was nothing but negativity, and I just said, Archangel Mark, shield up. Well, the rest of the evening was fine, but I had to, like, get those shields up in a nanosecond. And that's also something I, I teach certain clients with certain issues is how to shield themselves. Because that's something, again, we've lost I think we used to have that knowledge and we've lost it over, over the hundreds of years. You know, I think we used to have so many more mental and emotional internal skills that we've lost through atrophy, right? We just never used them. So we never passed them down. Well, it's just like what's happening now with everything being medicine and forget all the natural plants out there. And I just started watching this interview with someone who said ever since the lockdowns, people are becoming their own little world and they're not socializing. Mm -hmm. And on top of all the other social aspects that are taking place now, there's more and more suicides. Yes. 
people are touchy-feely people, whether they know it or not. And even during the lockdowns, I had I kept my business open. Some people came, took off the mask, and some people came, kept their mask on, and some people went straight to Zoom and are still in Zoom. That's okay. My business was always remote. I don't do clients on site. It's all by phone, by Zoom, by Skype. Mm -hmm. So that way I don't have to have a separate office. You know, all my clients are, I have a few clients in the state that I'm living in, but for the most part, all my clients are, you know, in other states or countries even. There's some I've never met. Yeah. There's someone in another state I've never met. Yeah, I've never met all my almost all of my clients mm-hmm. in real life. But, but it's so nice to be able to do remote work to people who live in another country and they still feel the results. Yeah. What other profession allows you to do that? It's just like a radio because people don't understand how it works. Well, you turn on the radio, you get the music no matter where you are. It's the same thing. It's all that whole vibrational frequency stuff. You know, we're all connected. It's just airwaves. The energy just moves through the airwaves just like it would move between us if we were in the same room, right? Yeah. But not everyone gets it. Not everyone gets it. No. Unfortunately. So you mentioned you've got your own practice. What are some of the obstacles you had to overcome in order to set this up? Five minutes or less. Give us, give me ideas on five minutes or less. Give me some ideas on obstacles you faced, how you got around them, and what our listeners um, might watch for in their journey of starting a new business. One of them is I learned I, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Because you were not trained. During our trainings, we are not informed of how to start a business. It's sink or swim. Yep. The other one for me personally is technology. <laughs> now, I am blessed. Here's the gratuity. <laughs> My husband is a computer guru. So he helps me with the technology part. Um, another part is lack of confidence. Yes. And I do have a story on that. When I was already doing the emotion code, but doing it with friends and family, my husband said, you're good enough. And the fair was just a mile away and it was coming up and he signed me up. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but I didn't know that until that's afterwards. Hilarious. So here we are. I will have to share this because I think it's in the book. So here we are. We're driving a mile and we're unpacking the car. And thankfully, our place assigned to us was next to a friend of mine who did some kind of energy work. I don't know. She would just do this, and then she wasn't even doing pranic healing. I don't know what she was doing. So the fair starts, and everybody walks by us. And I turned to her, and I go, what's this? See, I told you we shouldn't be here. And she goes, come here, sit in my chair. So she works on me, and then I go back to my, my booth. Then Tony goes, and as she's working with him, I get my first client, and it's been nonstop ever since. That's another learning experience, how this frustration created this negative bubble and nobody and you, wanted to come near. And you pushed so them it, all away. Right. 
So it, it's also a lot of people don't realize this because if they don't have the confidence, that puts this little bubble around them of, I really don't know what I'm doing. And then promoting yourself, it's difficult because a lot of people were raised, don't promote yourself, don't compliment yourself. So that's a tough one, although I don't have too much worry about that because um, I know, you know, when you know you're good, yeah. right? And here's one. I had an aha moment. Two years ago, there was a, a little fair for the military people in, in a local park. And there was a lady doing chair massage, promoting her new business. And her one of her clients was promoting her. And one look at this massage therapist, and I'm going, really? You're good? Is because how she stood and presented herself. But then I sat in that chair. I'm now one of her clients. My husband's one of her clients. Two other people I know are her clients. But it's the presentation. You have to present yourself. You have to walk the talk. I mean, I've overcome all of them except the technology, but... That's under five minutes, isn't it? Yes, it is. Right about. <laughs> and also some of the, um, I think you were going to ask me about some of the discoveries. Well, we're running out of time, so I think we're going to have to. Oh, that's a shame. I know. This has been so much fun. I told you. See, it's just a conversation. But then what... I got. So the listeners understand what's going on. She was a little bit anxious before we got on. I'm like, so release a few things. Release the anxiety. She did a little energy session on herself, and and everything was good. So if people want to find your book or find out more about you, your website is, uh, your your business is Back to to Basic Wellness. So you can look for that on Facebook, Back to Basic Wellness. Or the website is the acronym for that, right? Yes, B2 it's B2BW.US. .US. Yeah, and I don't spend, quite honestly, I don't do that much marketing on the internet. I'll put it out there. So if someone wants to get to hold of me, they just go to the email or the website. I mean, the email that's there. Cool. So hold up your book again so we can see your book. This energy healing stuff is for real. Yep. And then that's the front. And people say, is that you? I go, no, but it could have been because I used to have a red jacket. We just blonded the hair a little bit. And then that's the back of the book. That's me. And I like to say that that picture I had a professional photographer come. That was shot in my backyard. (laughs) <laughs> so no it's obstacle like so there perfect. <laughs> so perfect yeah mm. this has been so much fun yeah cool it was it was really interesting and we we met on a um on an energy healers cruise actually in the caribbean so that's that's that was before covid right yep so it was nice catching up with you likewise Yeah. Any last words for our listeners? Trust in the healing energy work because it really does work. Give it time. Some people will notice an immediate shift and some people will notice a shift 
maybe in like a week. And I would like to add one of um, Dr. Nelson's examples. I don't know if you remember this one. I think it was in his book that he worked with when he was a chiropractor. He started practicing the emotion code with his patients or clients. And he worked with a mother and son. The son noticed an immediate difference. The mother said he was a quack. Fast forward several months, he goes into a department store, sees a familiar woman. It was the mother. It took her a long time, but she shifted. So have no expectations because healing does happen. And it's it, your body needs time to sort through the healing and get back into its normal self. Cool. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be it for this session of the Focus Practical Dreamer's Journey. I'm your host, Jean Border, and remember, awareness, focus, action, you can change your reality. You can get from where you are to where you want to be. Thanks so much. Until next Bye, time. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey, where we take out your emotional baggage and heal your emotional body so you get to enjoy the success you desire and deserve. Remember to visit our website at www.focusedpracticaldreamer.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Focused Practical Dreamer's Journey.